The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. We are back. Today, we're going to talk about game day predictions and all that fun stuff. But before we get into it, how about them Cleveland Browns, eh? <laughs> Shout out, Brownies. Wow. Shout out. I've never been so hyped for a game that didn't involve a team I care I about. Uh, I was so they, they won their first game since December, December 24th, 2016. 2016. Yeah, 2016. They beat the Jets, and that was pretty exciting. I mean, I'm surprised there are still... Browns fans out there, but there were a ton of them celebrating oh, this some, first oh, week. Honestly, so they got some hardcore fans in Cleveland. Some you would really jump, hardcore fans. You would jump ship on the Cowboys if it went south like that. You're just like, ah, I'm not going to root for this. Well, team it's anymore. different. The Cowboys do win games. But uh, but what if they didn't? I mean, that's what that's what fans are for. Like, you can't leave your team for like three it, years, no wins. I mean, fans, that's miserable. Fans, bro. That's fans. But you know all of that because of LSU. You know about that. Oh, life. I know <laughs> about that winless <laughs> life. You know about that. Life. Don't even come at me, Garcia. See it. That's the wow. most ignorant thing you've ever said. Wow. We haven't missed a bowl game since like 1999. I'll admit it. I don't know anything about college football, but I do know that, what is it, SMU mm-hmm. loses games all the time. Yeah, they do. And LSU loses games it's, a lot of the time. I'm about to freak out. That's not even close <laughs> to being the same thing. I'm just enjoying I'm this just back saying. and forth. This is fun. But anyways, the Browns are celebrating today. Do you, after did you watch the game, Dave? Whole thing, yeah. The whole thing, and you said you were. Gonna I watched watch most it, right? of it. I had a little uh, time I couldn't watch it, but I watched most of it. So, based on what you've seen in the past, and now this game changer with this new quarterback, what are the expectations? Not that we need to talk a lot about the Browns right now, but it, it changes. I was actually kind of shocked that uh, that Baker played as well as he did when he got in there. I mean, Dave, you've been saying, and I give you all the credit, you've been saying forever. No, you said when they when no. they made the draft pick, you were like, he's going to be good for them. And I remember us having that conversation. I was like, I'm not buying it. I'll have to see it. I, I wasn't expecting him to be that good. I love Baker, but anybody that says they expected him to go in in the middle of a game, I don't care if it is the New York Jets, like 17 to 23 for 200. And, and there were a couple throws there that were like, wow. Leading them down, impressive. leading them back from 14 nothing to win. I mean, yeah. even I wouldn't have predicted he would be that good. And yeah, yeah like he, I mean, he was slinging the rock. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. It was impressive. It definitely was impressive. Was and I super think impressive. Those, those over there on Brown's break today, <laughs> they got a lot to talk about. They're yeah. pretty excited right now, I would expect. Which it's only one game. I'm, hey, for all the haters out there, like Dak has played games like that before, so yeah. uh, don't True. you know he's not he's not the second coming because of that game. He's he's gonna have his struggles. They're no they're gonna quote unquote figure him out too. That's what the NFL <laughs> does. But no, like I would be so pumped if I was a Browns fan today. See Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Well, yeah, congratulations sure. to them. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Go Brownies. Okay. Go Browns. Okay, so let's jump into the inactives. Right. Who we think will be inactive this week? Cole Beasley did pop up yesterday with a limited um, – he was limited in practice with an ankle injury. And, I mean, I don't know the severity of it. I he was taking part in practice today. Actually, like, I got I have so many things going on on a Friday morning, not to pat myself on the back, but I didn't even make it to practice today. But 
Uh, he did take part in the open portion of practice today. I know that thanks to Twitter. So he's out there. Uh, I'm not super worried about him, I don't think. So who are you worried about? Are you worried about Malik Collins? Yeah, I don't think Malik Collins is going to Well, he play. hasn't practiced. Yeah. Right. So. He hasn't practiced. Um, so. Got him out. Then what about Sean Lee? Sean. He up, was limited up, yesterday. Up. Sean says he's playing. Jerry says he's playing. He moved from did not practice to limited yesterday. Okay, can I ask you a question? And you, you've been, you're obviously a beat writer, so you kind of are in the mix. So what's the deal? Was it a what? What was the deal with his hamstring? Is it is it a hamstring? Is it a cramp? That, and it, it keeps kind of going you, back and well, forth. No, did you hear? Did you hear what Sean said yesterday? Yeah, I, well, I kind of read a little bit of it. So it's described as hamstring tightness on Sunday. Right. Sean came back and he was like, "I really thought it was more of a cramp." And ba- I mean, I don't want to put words in Sean Lee's mouth, but like, and you could even see during the game, he was like arguing with the medical staff, like he didn't want to go in the tent and get looked at. So. I imagine a scenario where he's like, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm cramping. And they're like, whatever. You got hamstring issues, bro. We know like, you. We need, yeah, we need to look at you. <laughs> and so I think that's just okay. an agreement. Uh, you know, agree to disagree about what's wrong. So he still he still believes and, uh, and wholeheartedly well, believes the, the, there was a cramp. The quote of the week probably was um, somebody asked him that yesterday. They were like, is it a cramp? Is it your hand? Like, what's going on? And Sean was like. It's a cramp in my hamstring. And like everybody's like, that's not how that works. No, like right. you don't cramp in your hamstring as far as I'm aware. I just think that's different. I think Sean is just trying to, you know, I mean, and rightfully so, like alarm bells go off when yeah. you hear Sean Lee hamstring. So I think he's just trying to do his part to allay that concern. He doesn't want people freaking out. Well, about the way hamstring. that he allays that concern is he comes well, out and he's, plays. He's playing. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I'm playing. saying. So if he can play, then you're like, okay, it was a cramp. Yeah. If he can't play, then you're like, like oh, oh, it was a crap, hamstring. It was a hamstring. <laughs> and, and he might be out for six weeks. Uh, so, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's, yeah. But he's, I expect him to play. All right, good, good. Well, he said he would play. But but then Jerry, I don't know. He, he still said that it was hit. About him and who else was it that he Gregory said it was, was like the other a name game about, day he said, decision yeah, Gregory. type of thing? Gregory, Gregory and what and you know teams don't want to give that away for game planning purposes yeah. and also which I feel like Jerry has kind of changed his tune about that in recent years. Like I think you know Jerry at one point in time would just be like yeah he's gonna play, but now I think he kind of defers to his coaching staff like well I'm not gonna give up the goose on Friday morning when you know we're trying to take this thing to Sunday. So he said. Randy Gregory and Xavier Woods are game time decisions, but he said he feels very optimistic that they'll be available. Right. Me reading between lines, I think they'll both play. And both have practiced this week, yeah. so you would hope you would yeah. hope exactly. that they're progressing it would toward playing. Would be disappointing if they didn't. Yeah. So this will be a little bit of a different week because when you start looking at inactives, yeah, you don't have the same number of guys that are injured that make your your inactive list a little it kind of creates it for you right, right. so yeah. basically i mean right now it's millie collins travis travis frederick i think those are both very good bets mike white and mike white very no mike white every week is going to be yes yeah. mike white so then you've got four you got to come up with that are healthy scratches i think if sean lee's going to play that means you probably don't need chris covington i don't think he got into the game against the giants the other night yeah, i don't think so either he was active but i don't think he played so Okay, so that'd be Chris Covington. You got four. I need, need three more. You pick an interior offensive lineman. Uh, maybe, you know, Xavier Suofilo, he's been here for a little while. Maybe he gets in, or Adam Redmond, whichever right. of those. One of the two. One of the two. Um, one of the two tight ends, probably. Again, take your pick. I hope Rico's up again. Me too. I think he showed, <laughs> he didn't really show anything, but just. <laughs> 
he had the opportunities were there that I hope he gets another shot. I what? No, go ahead. I was just gonna say surely, and I was moving on to the next position. And then you have to sit a receiver. Yeah. I don't know oh, how yeah. you don't. And sit but a no, that's that's an interesting question though. If right now you were you were faced with that question, which of those guys do you think you you put down? Um, if everything is okay with Terrence, which. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's always so convoluted with the Cowboys, but, you know, reports surfaced last night that he was facing a suspension. And I think, you know, when you add a seventh receiver that's familiar with the scheme in the middle of the week, that is something your mind immediately goes yeah. to. I don't think anybody would be we super, mentioned that yesterday, yeah. super surprised, but it, the Cowboys don't appear to agree with that. Jerry Jones said he didn't know, you know, he's like, I don't know about the accuracy of that. It would be bad if we didn't have Terrence, but we're counting on having him so i i don't know what to make of that yeah and to be honest with you it doesn't have to be anything no i think it's just again because of the nature of and this is what we were talking about yesterday because of the nature of how it all came about with bryce that all of a sudden they add a seventh receiver when they didn't think they needed one at first and otherwise nothing has changed it, it other than two games of play where okay is it because you think you need more help at wide receiver or is it because something's going to happen with Terrence because you know at some point the league's going to have a ruling one way or the other on I mean, Terrence in a in a way it's a lot like the Zeke situation last year it's just nowhere near as high profile one right. because it's nowhere near as serious of a situation and two cuz Terrence is it's nowhere Terrence. near as important to your team and yeah. so um but I'm mean, you know let's say that happens and i have no idea but it might not happen this week it could happen next week and that could just be them trying to get ahead of it i don't know um that, that's what makes the most sense terrence has done so little this season that you could sit him or you know depending on how bryce practiced this week you could sit him like if he looked terrible if he looked yeah. like a guy who hasn't been practicing for a month maybe you sit him or maybe he looked great and he gives you something that you don't have, so you sit there. You Terrence. think it would have to be one of those two? You don't think it would be anybody um, else? I have a hard time thinking it would be. I have a hard time believing it would be anybody else. Like, it's it's not going to be Tavon. It's not going to be Gallup. It's not going to be Cole, unless Cole's hurt, which that, right. he's practicing, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, Deontay Thompson's played more snaps than anybody. Yeah. And I can't, so those four seem pretty steady. Can't imagine it would be Alan Hearns. Yeah. I know Alan Hearns hasn't had like this crazy stat line, but none of them really. But have. they're not going to sit Alan. They're not going to make him inactive. I wouldn't. Think. I don't. For a guy that just got here this week, I would think it's either Terrence or Bryce, unless Cole can't go. All right. So that's yeah. So I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Mike White, Bryce, uh, Adam Redmond, Malik Collins, Travis Frederick, Chris Covington. Who'd I forget? Oh, uh, and uh, Dalton Schultz. Sorry. There you go. Can I ask you this? Um, it, let's assume for a second that the Cowboys had to play a week. I mean, maybe not this week, but had to play a week without Cole Beasley. Do you think that they would use um, – ideally, would they use um, um, Tavon in that role as your slot guy? Or because Hearns can play the slot, would he be the guy that primarily would be in there? Who do you think would kind of jump into that role if Cole weren't available? I would hope it would be Tavon just because he's got that – quickness yeah. that's what makes Cole so valuable as a guy you know it's not that he's fast it's that he's quick Tavon's both but like is Alan Hearns really going to create that instant separation with his quick feet you know within five yards of the line of scrimmage I I don't know I doubt it yeah um I would hope it's Tavon and Tavon has shown that he can do that again you know he hasn't he hasn't needed to I guess he's only played 18 snaps that's his season high so but that's what I would do Got it. Well, he he's the next man up closest to doing that kind right. of Right, he's the job. closest yeah. skill set to what Cole is.
So that's a fair assumption. Okay, before we go into break, and this might be a longer discussion, I wanted to touch on Chris Richard, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday. He did oh, talk to Scott Linehan, you know, um, helping out <laughs> game plan this whole thing. So he he's an important guy this week, not only for the defense, but also for the offense. How big of an impact can we expect from him and the offense being able to give those inside information from the time that he was at Seattle? I asked Jason Garrett about that yesterday, and he shockingly downplayed it. He was like, oh, he always will. There's interpersonal relationships all over the league, and that's just a thing, blah, blah, blah. And then I asked Scott Linehan about it, and he was like, Chris has been great. <laughs> he's like, he gave up everything. No, dude, I would – sometimes I hear things that I would I would just pay so much money to be a fly on the wall. So Linehan, Linehan's like, yeah, he came in, and we watched – because Chris Richard was with Seattle for every game that Linehan has coached against the Seahawks. So that's three games, the, mm -hmm. the classic in 14, the ugly loss in 15, and then last year's Christmas Eve game. He's like, he came in, we watched all three games, and he went through the whole game with me and told me, like, you know, how the Seahawks like to prep for us and what they think they can do against us and mm -hmm. tendencies and all this other stuff. And I was like, man, the football dork in me, I would pay an extravagant amount of money to just get to watch that. I think it would be so cool. And here's the deal. I'm not under the, the illusion that this doesn't happen all across the league. Like sure. Garrett said, there are all those relationships. Here's the difference. The difference is I don't trust that every coach is smart enough or has a handle enough on what's happening with his old team to really be able to break it down as well as I as as at least I perceive Chris Richard to be. Not only that, but like, okay, cool. You coached linebackers in Philly for a year and a half. Right. Like, big whoop. That's not the same. Chris Richard was the he wasn't the architect of that defense, Dan Quinn was, but like Chris Richard was in charge of that defense for like four years, and he was the coach of the Legion of Boom for three years before that. Like he knows everything about how they want to play defense, and also he knows everything about how they schemed for this offense right. for years. Yep. And and I know the quarterback has changed and blah blah blah, but Linehan's been calling it since since then. So yep. He probably has a lot of information about how the Seahawks might prefer to play them. Exactly. And, so. and, and, and I trust, based upon just the, the results of what I've seen from this defense, which I attribute so much of what we're seeing this year from this defense. I think this defense was good last year. I think this defense has a potential to be great this year. And according to the things that I, that I heard yesterday, it sounds like much of that is attributed, at least from a coaching side of it, to Chris Richard. Not only his coaching, but his ability to call, make call, play calls during the game because they, they, I mean, Lin, I mean, I'm sorry, Marinelli basically said as much yesterday yep. that he's the one that's making these calls. The reason why they're blitzing so much is because he's making these calls. So he is, he has quickly made a, an impact on this defense and taken this defense to the point now to where I heard a commentator earlier today say that that fearsome front, that fearsome Dallas front. When's the last time you heard that, right? That sounds pretty nice. Yeah, but I'm saying that's but that's that's what people are thinking right now around this was a national guy. That's what people are thinking right now about this defense. The last I put a lot time, of that on Chris Richard. The last time anybody said that about this defense was when Ware and Spencer were your ends and Ratliff was going to Pro yeah. Bowls at nose tackle. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was a Super Bowl for Demarcus ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That was a long time ago. Yep. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Game day predictions. Sorry. Yeah, go. All right. It can be hard to find the right resource <laughs> for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. 
That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. They have to keep going, and so do we. <laughs> so, if you want to give us a call, feel free to call in 888-855-2297. We'll be taking phone calls, so make it good. Better be good. Better be good. Better be good. Okay, predictions for this game. I wanted to ask you that, guys. Do you expect this to finally be the time? For Rico gathers to make that game catching ball that will break the internet. Game catching ball. However you want to word it, I don't know, man. Uh, Just catch a ball. <laughs> <laughs> catch a ball that means something. Um, <laughs> I got. I, mean, I know. I know it was right there for him, and it's not his fault. Dak. Dak should have hit him. No, I gotta. I gotta see it to believe it. To be honest with you, like even though it should have happened last week. I got to see it. To you don't think it. this is it? Well, we this don't even know for sure if he's going to be active. So, he is. no. He is. Oh, you're just, is this the law of attraction? You're just like, no. Rico to the <laughs> active roster. <laughs> I'm just expecting him to be. I think that after them seeing how close it was and given the fact that it was more Dak's fault not to make it happen and get that touch on, I think that they saw that you know, okay, we do have the opportunity here. We can make this happen. And from what I hear, I mean, they they keep practicing this thing between them too. So I'm expecting them to keep him active and give him more chances for this to happen. I hope so. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say by the end of this year, Rico will have five touchdowns. Woo! We'll have five touchdowns. Based on bet on (laughs) what? Just – Based on the fact that I believe he just has too much skill and ability for them not to figure out how to five use him in the red touchdowns. zone. He will have five I'll touchdowns. Do put, put money on it. Five touchdowns. Is one of season. those happening this weekend? Did one anybody this on this team besides Dez have five touchdowns last nope. year? Nope. <laughs> Did anybody on this team besides Dez have five in 2016? Nope. Well, uh, yeah, I think, I think so. Might have. Yeah, I think so. 
Five? Yes. Five, five, five is five a touchdowns. lot. Five touchdowns. I'm telling you, five touchdowns this year. Dang. Rico will have five touchdowns this year. All right. Okay. I got 13 stakes over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noted. Right. Noted. Just Noted, sir. Keep it, just keep it in the back of your brain. Noted, sir. Five. So if this doesn't happen, what are you going to give us? I don't know. I don't know. What what am I supposed I to give to you? Make like this what are, something funner. He's gonna take us funner. All, he's gonna take us all out to dinner. <laughs> like and, I don't do that already. I mean, no, like, I know, but yeah, but I'm thinking like indie. Yeah, that's indie. My, that's my birthday weekend. Didn't you say there was okay? We'll, we'll go out to dinner and but we won't know then if 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 he actually well if he has we'll five by a, then we'll you'll be have, paying for my we'll my have a good idea. Saint Elmo. We'll yeah, have a good is idea. that a, is that an indie? Yeah. Yeah. It's the Saint Elmo Steakhouse. All right, good. So so wait 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 so. If he has three by then, do you pay for my steak? No. No. Why not? <laughs> like, this can't be a one-sided bet, We'll right? figure it out. We'll figure it All out. Right. All right. All right. So, crazy predictions for this game. Mm. Who do you feel that will make somewhat of a crazy play and impact this game in a positive way for the Cowboys? Uh, somebody. Yours would be Rico. You just said yeah. yeah. The Rico. Cowboys are going to get on the interception ledger this week. That's uh, the the protection for the Seahawks is too bad. Russell Wilson's going to get hit too many times uh, for him to play a completely clean game. I think he's thrown picks in both of their games so far. Yeah, he he threw the pick that ended the Bears game, and he definitely got picked in Denver pick as six. well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys are going to get a pick. If I had to put money on it, I would say obviously Jeff. Heath. I knew you. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, of like, course. Somebody, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, somebody step up and yeah. dethrone yeah. him. Then I mean, yeah. the guys led the team in picks three years in a four years in a row, right? Since fifteen. No, that's only three. Sorry, I can't count. Um, either way, I would guess Jeff Heath, but maybe Byron or Cheeto. But somebody's somebody's getting a pick, and it'll be a big play. Can the Cowboys score more points in this game? Than the Seahawks? or the well, obviously, <laughs> to win. I mean, again, we, we talked to, about this um, maybe yesterday, I yeah. don't know, but get, uh, that, the, that Seattle, I mean, yes, they've lost games, but they haven't really had issues with scoring points. And based on the – it's still early, but based on these two first games, I feel more confident with, the, uh, with Seattle being able to score than the Cowboys so far. I don't. Here's the reason why, because I think the Cowboys' defense is better than the defenses that Seattle's faced so far. And so I don't, I expect both offenses to struggle. I don't, and and here's the deal when I say struggle, I think the Cowboys' offense will actually play better this week than they've played the first two weeks because I think Zeke will be better. Um, And I think because they'll be able to get the running game going to some degree, that will help them and help their offense throughout the game. Um, So I I actually expect this to be a week where Zeke goes over 100 yards. You look at his history. First two weeks is usually when he's not that great. Gets to the third week, that's that usually when Zeke comes on. And so I expect Zeke is going to come on this week, and I think he's going to have a good week. I still don't think the Cowboys are going to score a ton of points. I don't think they're going to get into the 27 range, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're up at the 21 range, 24 range maybe mm-hmm. at the most. Um, but I think that's going to be enough if you look at it because I just think that I think that both these defenses are going to be pretty good. I mean, Dave broke it down for, the, for you, the defense, yeah. yesterday. Seattle's defense isn't bad. They're just not accustomed. They're just not where we are accustomed to seeing them. Like they don't have the talent that they once had. But they still, any defense that's got difference makers at all three levels is going to be a good defense, and they do. They have difference makers at all three levels. So it's going to be tough for both teams to score. I think. 
I would guess it's going to look a lot like the last two games, which 2015 Seattle won 13 to 12, and 2017 Seattle won 21 to 12, and one of Seattle's touchdowns was a pick six. So their offense wasn't on fire by any yeah. stretch. I think it's going to be a lot like that. Like I would be shocked if the winner of this game has um, 20 is about as high as I'm willing to go, but I really think the score will be more like 17 to. 14 you know 16 to 13 something like that I certainly could see that I think this is going to be I just think the defenses are better both the two two defenses are better than the offense hopefully the Cowboys can get in the end zone because they have not in those last two games yeah all field goals oh that's but those defense, that it's that, a problem but that defense those defenses they face those two years were much sure. better than the defense they're going to face this Sunday absolutely well let's hope you're right Derek <laughs> let's take a call from Tony in Denver hi how's it going guys hey, hey. what's up Hey, I enjoy the show, and as fans, do we dare start to use the term doomsday defense again? <laughs> and um, I think we finished number eight in defense overall last year, and should we have Van Der Esch play more in this game against Russell Wilson than uh, Damian Wilson? That's an, that's an interesting thought. Uh, yeah, Damian Wilson... I know he missed that tackle in Carolina, but I think that game against uh, Eli was maybe the best he's ever played. But um, I get your point. I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch, him and Jalen Smith are your most athletic linebackers purely just from a talent standpoint. Um, I guarantee you they're going to get him on the field. I don't I don't know what if you spy him. I'm curious about that. You mentioned Chris Richard, like, are they going to just blitz Russell Wilson a ton, knowing that if it doesn't work, they're screwed? Because mm -hmm. that sounds scary to me. Uh, whether he just beats the blitz with a throw or escapes from the blitz and then you got nobody to account well, for. Well, there him. are ways to to blitz in a way where you keep maintain your gap integrity, like your, your lane integrity, and they're still not giving him escape routes, right? Yeah. That's the whole point. If you can do that without giving him escape routes, that's what you want to do. It's risky, but I think there are ways to do it where you can you can have both. You can yeah. blitz and keep him from getting outside the pocket. To answer the question more directly, I think Damian has played well enough that I would expect he's your starting Sam still. But I know that they want to get Van Der Esch snaps, and I bet you he will get 15 to 20. That's my guess. Definitely not a bad problem to have. No. It's, so it's I really good. I still can't believe that we're talking about this. Like, oh, how do you get all these linebackers onto the field? <laughs> like, I remember years where it was like, Who's this guy they signed? Like, last year, I think it was, or maybe it was 2016, like, they had to move Keith Smith back to linebacker because they didn't have enough. They were like, hey, you still remember how to do that, right? Well, we have nobody left, so can you get over there? Yeah. So it's pretty cool that they're just absolutely stacked at linebacker right yep. now. And everybody, and all of them are playing well. That's yeah. the thing about it, too. It's not just they got bodies. Like, they got guys that are playing really well. And you're having to really, like, the fact that they're not having to put the first-round pick on the field that's all. I mean, that's just. That's I know such great like people. You, I get it. You get drafted nineteenth overall. People want to see you play. People expect you to make a difference. But that's not the worst thing in the world. No, and got, most times, especially teams, at that position too. Right, you know, where it takes a little more time to get going and figure out the game. But most teams aren't patient enough for that. Most teams they get their first round pick and they want their first round pick on the field. Well, and also, the fact that they've got guys who are here. That are playing well enough for them to feel like they don't have to force him on the field. Your your first makes round a pick 
usually, unless you do something, you know, bold, like draft a Pat Mahomes when you have Alex Smith, like usually your first round pick is at a position where you don't have a lot of talent. Yeah. But, you know, Joe Thomas, even, you know, I think people thought that was a good signing in the spring, but it has even exceeded those expectations. Jalen Smith is clearly just shooting right up like a rocket. I mean, yeah, but let's be real. That first round pick for the Cowboys last year was an insurance pick. Yes. Because they didn't know if Jalen would be back to being himself. They didn't know what was going to happen with Sean and his injuries. And so that was an insurance pick and it paid off for him because now he really is just insurance. I said it in August when people were killing the guy for not practicing. Like, you're going to need him before the season's over because somebody's going to get hurt, knock on wood. And you're going to need him in the coming years because Sean Lee's 32. Right. And, has an injury history of a 55 year old. Hey, like it's, it's already popping up. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> going into third week. Of late cramp. Season. It's a cramp. Leighton Van Der Esch is fine. Like he's going to be fine. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, Damian Wilson, you know, surprisingly to me, I honestly did not expect him to be playing as good as he has been so far coming into this year. I don't know why. It's just he's been Probably always. because he hadn't been very his, good his before. His career. I don't want to say his career has been disappointing because if you're still on the roster as a fourth-round pick in your contract year, you've been pretty good. But I always think he gets compared to Anthony Hitchens so much because from the same conference, same you know round, same position, obviously, and he hasn't been anywhere near as good as Hitch. Right. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I – I, Going into, you know, when they drafted Van Der Esch and signed Thomas, I was like, oh, it's not a lock. Damian Wilson makes this team. Yeah. So. Kudos to him that he's... Yeah, I thought I really thought he'd be gone by now. And he's, you know, people dogged Kyle Wilbur too, but Damian Wilson is one of your key special teamers too. Is like, this a contract year for him? Yes, because 15, 16, say, yeah. Yes. Yep. So this is his opportunity to do like Hitchens and make some money. I don't think he's going to do like Hitchens. Right? <laughs> but no, but I'm saying that's, that's yeah, his opportunity, no, right? That's his opportunity. For a second contract, right. which will be far bigger than the one he's on right now, even right. if it's not huge. So. Right. Yeah, let's take our final break, and when we come back, we'll give our final score for this game, and we'll keep taking more calls. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. 
What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. All right, Derek, tell me about some underwear. <laughs> it would be nice to get a heads up. Um, no, you, need you to, know this. You need to get some Tommy John underwear. They're the best underwear ever. They make you feel like you're wearing nothing at all. Breathable and uh, comfortable. Yep. Good stuff. And uh, it's good stuff. It really is good stuff. So take my word on this one. Go get some Tommy John. What's the, uh, what's the, eat with the, uh, where can they find it online? TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Have you worn your new ones yet? I still haven't worn them. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm saving mine. I have this weekend because we got a four hour flight. So I'm trying to be comfortable. Now I have two so I can, I can wear them both. I will one Do up you wash and then them? No, smart. No, no. Yes. But I'll wear one up and one back. I'm not going to. Do like Dave and like flip them over and wear one up and then flip then wear. <laughs> I haven't back. done I'm that. Saying that's like not gonna be what I'm doing. The I new underwear that, that we all got, like make sure to wash it before you wear it. Why do you have to wash? Oh, before why? You no, I didn't do that. I don't know. I always do. That's you, a girl you never thing. Know. My wife always says that to like never. Bro, be careful. My daughter, but I don't rip the tags off and <laughs> yeah, put those bad exactly. boys on. I don't have time for that. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, that's why you're always crashing. No, just kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. That was a joke. He's not. But I haven't it, seen though. it. Gonna, is it though? I have not seen that. I'm going to need that in writing. <laughs> Heidi! Stick it right up your rear. Here oh, you go. God. <laughs> All right. Let's take a call from Roberto in Las Vegas. Hey, everybody. Hey. hey. You know, I guess to score a lot of points, you got to take chances. And I see uh, Baker Mayfield last night. And the one thing I like about that kid is. He just lets it go. He sees it, and his brain tells his arm, and the ball's out, and it's moving. And I don't see that with Dak. I see Dak, I, he's like a little gun-shy, and I don't know if that started from Atlanta last year, but when he throws the quick slant, that's his best throw because there's no thinking. He gets it, and he fires it. But anything that's down the field, he's so afraid to make a mistake that when he finally decides, you see him throw it in a dirt, he rushes it. So my question to you guys is, would you rather have Dak be like this, protect the ball, but you're one holding penalty away from maybe punting because this team has a hard time overcoming first and 20? Or would you like to see him take more chances, let the ball go, but he, he may throw some more interceptions, but you got a shot at making bigger plays. What do you guys think? Let me ask you this question. I want you to sure. kind of walk through this yourself. Um, what is what do the Cowboys do best? Run the ball. Run the ball. Which of those passing strategies works best if you're a good running team? That's oh, tough because if this if you if you were going to tell me that this team could methodically march down the field and not get a penalty, I say just checking it down. But the problem is. I don't think the offensive line is as good as it was. And we've seen so far, especially in the first game, is you get this team at just one holding penalty, one offside penalty, and they're backed up first and 15. They're going to have a hard time overcoming that. So if you, 
I, 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 me personally, I think you have to stretch the field mm-hmm. like they did against the Giants. I think he needs to take some shots. I don't mind him throwing an interception once in a while, you know, if he's going to throw me a 40-yard pass down the middle of the field or something like that. I'll take it. I took it with Romo. And, you know, you knew Romo, how great as he was throwing the ball. He was going to throw some interceptions. All the great quarterbacks do because they take chances. I think in this league, they're begging you to take chances with the rules and everything. And I just think you're asking the offense and you're asking the defense to be so precise, just trying to work these 12-play drives. I, I, I don't think he could win consistently. Were you like were you that. okay with the idea that were you okay with this last game from the standpoint of the frequency of the downfield throws? They had three that were that were to my opinion kind of what I call downfield throws last week. They hit on one of them, so they connect on one on one of three. And when you're going downfield like that, that's probably going to be the frequency, maybe a little higher percentage, but that's probably going to be the frequency with which you catch those. Were you okay with that frequency of doing it three three or four times a game? Yes, I I think. You, you got to back them off. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no mystery. Every defense is saying, we got to stop uh, Zeke. I mean, the safety, Landon Collins came right out and said it. There's no mystery in that. Back them off. And I think in the long run, you may not hit it. We didn't hit it. We, like you said, we hit one. But if they back up a few steps, maybe that opens up a little more room yeah. for Zeke. You know, I just think in this league, if you're going to dink and dunk, I, I don't think it could work. Okay. Like I said, it, it's just too much, too much overcome if there's a penalty. I appreciate the call. And I actually, I, I think kind of in listening to him talk about that and talk through it, I think the answer is really in what he was saying, which is you got to do a little bit of both. You're not going to go out and, and bombs away every play. You get three or four of those a game, and then the rest of the game you run the ball, you drop it off down low. I mean, there, there's, there are different ways you want to attack a defense. And, and just going deep the whole game isn't the right answer because you're not going to get enough percentage. You will be punting a lot, right? Because that's only a – 50-50 prospect in most instances, right? So you really want to have a balance of it. And I think, honestly, three or four times a game, to me, is plenty to go downfield. It, especially if you connect on one of them and it's a touchdown, that's going to force a defense to really think twice about whether they're willing to give up that one play out of the, out of the three, and that may keep them back a little bit or at least make them hesitate a little bit on a run and give Zeke a little bit more of a head start before he gets to that second level. Yeah, I think... I'm officially ready to say, like, we make too much of a deal out of the the downfield passing. And when I say that, I mean, like, 30, 40 yards yeah. downfield. Like, you're going to take a few of those a game. Maybe, like, Ben Roethlisberger hits them with more frequency than a lot of people. But, like, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, and he's got a receiver that's probably going to the Hall of to Fame. To back a defense off when you have a run game like this, I really think it's as easy as, like, consistently hitting receivers for first downs. Like, eight 10, 12, 15 yards downfield. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have issue with the call because I, I honestly think Rob made a few really good points, yeah. but we did see this work in 2016. Like, it worked really well. Like, they put those drives together, and, and he's absolutely right. The offensive line was better. The running game was better. Dak was better to this point. Um, and I think the Cowboys are in the process of trying to figure out how they get back to that. I don't know if they can do it with this personnel. I don't know if the receivers are good enough to scare anybody. I don't know if Dak can make those plays. I don't know if the offensive line without Frederick and from what we've seen from them so far can get to that level. Um, But that's what they're going to try to do because that's the way they've built this team. And honestly, with the way this team is built right now, I would rather Dak just not turn the ball over. And it probably won't be exciting. Sorry about it. But that is the way they've built this team. 
Uh, you've got a good enough defense that it can keep you in and maybe even win some games. If your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, that's a pretty good formula for success. It won't be sexy. I'm sorry, but that's probably the best strategy for this team to win games. I'll take a game like last week for the rest of the season every single week if they're winning. Honestly, and last week wasn't a beautiful thing to watch. They had a couple moments that were really beautiful to watch. But by and large, that was one of those games that was kind of ugly and kind of like you felt like they were – I mean, you knew they were winning, but you felt like it was kind of tenuous and you really didn't know whether they were going to be able to maintain it, especially once you got into the second and third quarter and the offense really wasn't scoring at that point. But the fact of the matter is, the way they played that game, they came out aggressive, they got a lead, the defense held – and then they got to the fourth quarter and they said, let's put this game away. And they put the game away. If you have that formula every week and you have the personnel to do it, that's a winning formula. We if, have seen that formula go to the Super Bowl. If That's a winning formula. If you're a college football fan, Alabama. I mean, it's, exactly har- right. it's hard to play that way in the NFL because Alabama has such a ridiculous talent advantage. Right. But that's the formula. And yep. it can work. Yep, It's going to be tough, because, but it can work. And like I said, that's, that's the way this team is built right now. And when you will run it, the, the good thing about that is – there will only be one formula, in my opinion, that would that would harm you if you're doing that, and you do if you do that well, and that is the super quarterback. If you're playing Aaron yeah. Rodgers, if you're playing Drew Brees, if you're playing mm-hmm. Tom Brady, but there are only a handful of those, right? Those are going to be the only teams that really gonna, if you can do that well, if you can play really really great defense, you can run the ball really well, and you don't turn over the ball. Only those great quarterbacks will really have a, a great shot at beating you. And I'll take my chances with that. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good setup to say, hey, if that's the only people that can beat us, if those four or five can beat us, and everybody else we feel like we can beat, that's what that's a that's worth taking. That's a yeah. shot worth taking, no yeah. doubt about it. And I really don't know how long it would take for Dak to get to that level as far as being able to make those long distance throws, especially given the the amount of of opportunities that he gets in a game. I mean, you can't really see great progress when. You don't get many chances. But did he to need progress so. from what he did? I think what he did last week was was no, fine. No, no, yeah. it, it is fine. Yeah. It is fine. And and moving it slowly like that, as long as you get it moving and get to the no, end no, zone. I'm, I'm saying what he did last week as far as the deep ball there, yes. was fine because one of them he connected for a touchdown, the other two didn't connect, and that's going to be the percentage you do when you're going that far downfield. But the thing is. Okay, he's not consistent enough. And like you said, okay, yes, that's fine when you're making those few ones here and there. But at the same time, I think it can affect his confidence and start giving him that more of that hesitation that we've been seeing of like thinking, okay, should I make this this throw or not? I think it affects him in his confidence and the way and how quickly he executes. I don't know. I think quarterbacks know that. They, they call it a 50-50 ball for a reason. I think quarterbacks know you're not going to connect that a lot. Like, that's not – if that's your bread and butter, unless you're the greatest show on turf where they were doing that every week multiple times in a game, yeah. then that's just not the way the offense runs. I mean, that and that certainly is not the way the offense runs here. That's not what they're even asking him to do. So I don't know that that affects his confidence as much as it is just we're going to take a shot here, and and there is still value in the shot. Like, even if you don't connect – the fact that you got somebody downfield and the fact that Dak threw the ball forces the defense to think they're going to hesitate for just a snap second thinking, are they going deep here? We got to make sure we're covering that. We got to make sure we got people in position. So that's all you have to worry about. And for me, that's that's the value of it. I don't think as I don't long think as everything else is working. That's exactly that's right. as long the, as the defense is working, as, yeah. long, as long as you're able to run the ball and as long as you're not turning it over. I think those are the three critical factors. And if you can do those things, 
I think the deep ball becomes just kind of that added thing just to force them to respect it, you know? I absolutely agree. Just uh, when those other elements are working, then you got a great game going. But Mm -hmm. if one of those goes down, then everything else goes down. And we've seen that happen multiple times. So I don't know. I I think that can be fine, but we'll see. We'll see how. It's just a we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. We have, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that Dak is going to develop into an all-pro quarterback, but this is, the, this is the way this team's going to have to win right now, and that's, that's what's important today on Friday. And not miss those Rico passes in the end zone. He's getting a touchdown. We He's gonna, getting one. Are we, are we picking this game, or what are we so, doing So, okay, here? final score for this game. Who wins, and what is the final score? All right. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think Cowboys win. I think they win 20 to 16 um, in a close one in another game that's just like the Giants game. That's, I think that's what we're going to have to get used to seeing. I do think they put up a couple more points, and I think the offense looks a little more efficient throughout the game because I think the running game is going to be much better this week than it has been the first two weeks. So um, it'll look a little better, but the result will still be pretty much the same. It's going to be right there around 20 points, in my opinion. Cowboys will win. Uh, I said before week one that I was going to choose to believe a lot of things about this team. The defense has it looks good. The offense, not so much. Uh, not enough time has passed from week one. There's not a large enough sample size of success for me to have a ton of faith in this offense. Uh, Seattle's offense has problems of their own. At the end of the day, they have an all-pro quarterback. Um, it hasn't been pretty for him, but he's still there. A lot of those guys are gone, but this is still a franchise with a great home field advantage that knows how to win games and is used to winning games. There's a lot of pride up there. Um, I don't think it's going to be pretty at all for anybody, really, but I just think an 0-2 Seattle team finds a way to keep its season alive. I'm thinking like... I thought that was a must-win when you were on 2 when you were on one to get to 2. It was, an 0, it was a must-win for Dallas, and this is uh, a must-win for Seattle. At 0-3. At 0-2. Right, but oh, I mean, three. no, but that's the must win, not the. Are we doing this right now? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm just asking. I, I'm just getting clarity. I'm just getting clarity. They like they needed to win that game and they didn't. Right. But so I mean, now it's must. win. If it's only 20 percent of teams make it at zero and two, it's even fewer at zero and three. No doubt about it. Um, I final think, score. I think Seattle wins fourteen to thirteen. Fourteen thirteen. All right. Ooh, what an a, ugly no, game! It won't, be yeah. fu- it won't be fun. It will not be fun. But it it'll be defensive. That's not even be a fun trip home. It'll be defensive. Fourteen thirteen. It'll yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a slugfest. I think it'll it'll find a way to be entertaining. But I think Seattle gets it done. All right. Um, I will. I'm gonna pick Seattle as well. I will say under twenty. That's the final score. I don't know what it will be, but I would just say it's gonna be a one point difference for this game. So, one point difference. Yeah, one point doesn't matter. Doesn't we matter shall what it see. is. It'll be football, one point baby. difference. We shall see. Now it's going to be 38 35. <laughs> oh, boy. That'll be fun. Yeah, for real. Dax is going to be slinging <laughs> it around. Slinging it for 350. <laughs> hey, I don't mind that. I, Bring I, it. I, Bring I'd, it. I'd be happy to eat some crow. That's no what I want to do. It. No doubt about it. All right, for Derek Eagleton, David Hillman, and Member Garcia, this has been the break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?